They weren't operating in the faith he taught them to operate in and the authority that he'd given them. Listen, when the church of Jesus Christ begins to find its voice, not volume, not noise, its voice. When we begin to speak with the authority of Jesus Christ, the enemies that have stood in front of us begin to flee. The situations that seem irreversible begin to turn. I believe that this was more than just a nice moment. I believe that God restored the shout to his house today. And you've got to begin to shout in your personal prayer time. If the devil's ticking you off, don't sit there and let him tick you off. Find your voice, begin to say, no, no, you will not cross that line. You will not have my family. You will not do that in my life. Once he discovers that you've realized who you are, then all his little silly games move on to some other victim. I don't know how we got there, but hey, that's <clears throat> what happens when you have no notes, right? So I've been looking recently at Isaiah 35. I was away yesterday in Torquay. Anybody ever been to Torquay? Nice place, just a pain to get to, right? Why don't somebody ruin the countryside and put a motorway through this thing, you know, so we can get there quick, you know? That upset about 43 people. I had a powerful time when we were, Adam was there, my friend Adam was there. And we just saw God break out in the middle of routine and it was just brilliant. It was amazing. But the room was filled with pastors who were tired from the COVID stuff and managing church through that season. And again, recently God's been putting this, this, this verse on my heart from Isaiah 35 <clears throat> that really speaks about this Kairos moment that we're in. And uh, it says if you go to Isaiah 35, please believe me, I won't lie to you. It starts by saying this, all the wastelands and the deserts that have no water. The wastelands and the dry deserts that are parched. Oh, the desert lands that are so barren. That's what life can feel like sometimes, eh? That's what it can look like in England when we talk about Christianity sometimes. But then if you skip a few verses and you go like verses seven or eight around there, it starts saying this, ah, the rivers are flowing. The desert is blooming like a rose. Are we talking about the same place here? He's not talking about the same place here. And then he starts saying, the lame are leaping. The blind are seeing. The deaf are hearing. I think what Isaiah was picking up on was something for the people alive then, but also for us, because he was a prophet. But he saw a time of revival. <clears throat> not man-made revival where we make a lot of noise and not much happens, and a week later it was like nothing happened. Not that stuff. Genuine move of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit begins to blow in a Kairos moment, an opportune moment of divine opportunity. And he turns the wastelands into great places. The places in your life that feel like wastelands. I don't know why I lost that. I don't know why that went wrong. Oh man, if I could go back, I'd do that. Did anybody ever had any of those wastelands? 
the dry places. I just don't feel God like I once felt him. I just, I'm dry. I don't want to read my Bible. I know I should, but I don't Dry places. Places that feel like there's no water. And then you skip three or four verses and you read about these things that were once deserts now running with water, flooding, water coming out of the ground, rivers, lame people leaping all over the place, no longer crippled by things that crippled them. Things crippled you. My God heals those who have been crippled. Suddenly the blind are saying, we can see clearly now. We can see. We can see. We can see God moving. Suddenly the deaf are going, I'm I'm hearing again. I'm I'm hearing God again. I'm hearing hope. I'm hearing life. I'm hearing again. And so you've got this place that's really not funny. This is a season of life we've all known. And then you've got this place which is like, yeah, I want to catch a plane to there. All right, let's talk about what happens in the middle because it doesn't just one day you wake up and it's different. Isaiah says this, and I've really taken this as a commission on my heart. He says, weaken or strengthen weak hands. Strengthen trembling knees and get fear and anxiety out of the hearts of the people. Well, that's the bit that's in between. So apparently, the way we get from wastelands, barrenness, deserts, dry places, to places that are flowing, places that are filled with God's life, wells of life, eyes opening, legs working, vision returning up and at them again is we need to let the Lord we need to let the Holy Spirit strengthen our hands if they've got weak and our knees if they're a bit trembly man can't do that therapy tries but can't do that like God Spirit of God does that And I feel the Spirit of God doing that right now in this meeting. That's why, hey, I'll I'll park the message. You can go listen to it on online. It was really good. Not saying it was one of my best, but it was really, it was pretty good. I remember thinking that was all right. That was. This is more important. You know, I walked into the team meeting late, didn't I, today? And I said, yeah, okay, let's pray. We got a plan, but if God turns up, let's scrap our plan and go with him. And everybody in the room said, Amen. So I kind of knew God was going to do something today, all right? What does he want to do? If your hands feel weak, he wants to strengthen them. Maybe, what do we do with our hands? One of the things we do with our hands is we worship, don't we? Our hands were given us to worship the Lord with. Sometimes when you've been worshiping the Lord a long time, it becomes habit, it becomes routine, and you stop worshipping like you once worshipped and you wonder why the rivers stop flowing what if today the Holy Spirit was to touch your worship in a fresh way another thing that we do with our hands 
is we serve others. Our king is a servant king. He told us we're to serve people. But sometimes if you've been in ministry or around church or been walking with me any number of years, (laughs) sometimes you can get a bit tired of serving others because it's just nonstop. There's always a need. There's always something to do. When God strengthens your hands, suddenly you're like, come on, let me serve again. What do you want me to do? Jesus, what do you want me to do? Maybe your knees have been trembling because you've been standing a long time waiting for something and you haven't seen it happen yet. And everything in you wants to sit down and quit, but you know you can't because you know that God gave you a promise for that. But you've been standing by day and by night believing for something so long. You feel like the guy who was at the waters of Bethesda that had been there 38 years waiting for a turn to get in the water. But every time he got near the waters, someone else got in and he lost his miracle and had to wait and maybe you feel this has been a long time of waiting and your knees <laughs> a little bit tired of holding you up spirit of God comes and strengthens your knees gives you faith to stand gives you faith to believe any minute any minute any minute I reach out in faith again to the one who promised me I reach out in faith again. We forget sometimes in the Bible how long some of the guys that got miracles were waiting for them. We read about the father who had a son who was tormented, thrown into the fire. The disciples didn't help him and Jesus ticked them off for that. They got a rip him for that. Jesus steps in, heals the child. The child's no longer mocked. We don't think sometimes, how long had the dad lived with that kid in that condition? When no one else cared, he was holding the kid down every time he went into this torment. He was constant. It must have been a long road. Maybe his legs were trembling. But then came the moment he knew in his heart God would bring and his son was set free. Don't sit down if you're waiting for a miracle. Don't sit down if you're waiting for a family member to get saved. Don't sit down if you've not held or seen the things that you know God promised he would do in your life. Release your faith. Let God strengthen your legs today. All right, we've got hands, we've got knees. And then he says, and this is interesting because we came through a massive season in that whole thing called COVID days where fear came into the hearts of people. Problem is many Christians watched the news more than they read their Bibles. Listened to the daily broadcast more than listening to what God was saying on a daily basis. And fear, fear got into their heart anxiety and you turn on your news and they say we're in this economy problem we've got inflation gas bills are going up hey let's put the fuel up again that'll be fun hey let's let's get the whole country striking that'll really fear is trying to get into your heart but actually there should be no room for it because it's full of faith Listen, my friends, fear knocks at my door. I just choose not to open it. I'm not exempt. 
fear comes and knocks at my door, I've just learned over the years that Jesus says I don't have to open the door. These days I open the letterbox and begin to sing, return to sender, address unknown, no such number. No, for those who are old enough to remember Elvis. Don't let junk in your heart. Don't let your heart be filled with fear and anxiety and the cares of this life. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, when we read that in Ephesians, it's a continued ongoing tense. But sometimes you speak to Christians and they're like, oh yeah, let me tell you back in 1978 when I was filled with the Holy Spirit. That's awesome, but did you get filled this week? Because the Bible says, don't be drunk, don't be overcome by other things. Alcohol, relationships, broken systems that can only satisfy for a moment. But then the Apostle Paul says to the Ephesians, instead, be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Be being filled with the Holy Spirit. God wants us to live with hearts just full of Him. See, then when fear and anxiety attached to real things that are happening in the kingdoms of this world, I'm not denying they're happening. Suddenly there's no room. You're like, sorry, there's no vacancy. Did you ever go to somewhere like Torquay and try and find somewhere to stay for the night and everybody had no vacancies on their window? That's what I want our church to look like when fear comes shopping. But when fear comes to our people, family, church folk, it just finds door after door, window after window, no vacancies. We're full. And even when it knocks the door and says, you must have a room. I can't. The Holy Spirit is filling every bedroom. I can't even give you the lounge because he's sleeping in there as well. There's no room. I can't let you in. There's no room fear and anxiety. Because every room in this house is filled with God's presence, his faith, his authority. Well, apparently, if we allow the Holy Spirit to deal with any weakness that may be in our hands, give us our worship back, and really felt that the last few weeks. Didn't you feel our worship just kind of the last couple of months moving in, in a different direction? A place that was less performance from us, but more we want you, Jesus. More intimate, more vulnerable, more awkward, more powerful. God giving our worship back so that we use our hands to worship him and other things. God restoring our ability to serve again. It's beautiful a couple of weeks ago when Sean shared on our response to Kairos is stepping forward. So many of you stepped forward and said, put me on team, put me on team. You know, years ago when we used to do that, people would step forward and then tell you the team that they had to be on and the teams that they weren't called to serve. So ridiculous that. Need is the call, 
I've had people say to me, oh, I'm not called to do that or that, I'm called to preach. So basically you want me to give you the mic, that's what. <laughs> Need is the call. Every one of your leaders in family church will do anything that needs to be done because we follow the example of a servant king. Amen. Don't know why I added that bit. It's been really random today, so let's just chuck it in there, I say. How do we get from wastelands, barren places? Because I believe that Isaiah was giving us a picture of what true revival is like when God moves in a Kairos moment and revives his people. But in a moment, the desert becomes a floodplain. Suddenly, the broken is mended, the dry is refreshed, the tired are revived. But I believe it's all to do with us saying, do it, Holy Spirit. Do it, Holy Spirit. Move afresh on us. Move afresh on me. God is moving in a sovereign way across the face of the earth at the moment. And I'm so thankful. We shared on this last week. But it's not just what's happening with the young guys in Kentucky and Alabama and uh, other places around America where there's just this fresh move. In the Philippines, I saw videos of like 6,000 people getting saved, going straight down to the water and being baptized. This morning, my daughter sent me um, videos of her baptizing in California, a young man who was once a witch. And yesterday, they were baptizing this kid because now he's a follower of Jesus. This is awesome. <laughs> Meanwhile, in Venezuela, God's breaking out in a fresh way. Other parts and pockets. God is moving. Aslan is on the move. Move here too, Lord. <laughs> we don't need to get on a plane and go somewhere unless there's multiple Holy Spirits, which theologically is very, very wrong. It's one spirit. Blow here too, Lord. Blow here too, Lord. He is, isn't he? Blow here too. Make that which is weak strong, that which is broken fixed, that which is tired revived. Like only you can. Would you jump to your feet? I think I just ran out of words, so that's often a good time to stop. Come on, Lord. Come on, Lord. You're real. And you're really here. The Spirit of the Lord is here to set the captives free, to mend the brokenhearted, to release captives, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, the, the year of Jubilee. Like I said last week, isn't it strange that this year we're in is the 70th year of Jubilee? The year of Jubilee was when everything that you'd lost comes back. Your slavery stopped. 
you were no longer owned. Just maybe 3,000, because 70, Russ is a teacher, 70 times 50, 3,500, right? Ish. I've even confused him. His wife's nodding and saying it is Russ. Hannah said it is. What if 3,500 years ago, because God's outside of time and space and the things that we govern life by, God said, that'll be fun. Oh, we'll call it 2023. I just call it eternity. But in that moment, let's celebrate 70 years of Jubilee and move afresh across the United Kingdom and the hearts of my people. If you just need a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit, would you just lift your hands with me today? I'm not here to embarrass anyone. If you've got wastelands, if you've got barren places, if you've got deserts, areas of your life that are deserts, could we sing Mighty One? <clears throat> I want us just to come before the Mighty One and let His Spirit blow. I don't know what's going to happen. I didn't have a real plan from the kickoff, did we? But I want God. I so want God to touch your lives. I so want God to touch our lives. I'm willing to create a moment where we don't know what happens.